Lord, I ask that you would speak, that you would be the one who's authoritatively proclaiming your truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, I'm actually going to sit down today. It's been a long couple days. It's been a long couple months. (laughs) Just make it a little, little more accurate. Um, in 1937, John Steinbeck wrote what would, or published, what would become an American classic. Um, have you guys ever read of Mice and Men? Okay. Uh, for some of us, it was a high school project. Others of us lucked out and had to read other books. I don't want to tell you what I had to read for that class. I wish I would have had Mice and Men. But in, in that story, there is a character by the name of Lenny. Lenny is uh, kind of what became a caricature for like the big lumbering Hulk. Um, Lenny was, was mentally slow, um, but he possessed incredible physical strength. He was just a very big guy, and he was very loving, and he loved animals, but he had a major flaw that he had no control over his strength, and he would actually crush the animals by trying to keep them close to him, and he would kill them. Um, this, this actually meets a very tragic end, and I'm not going to ruin the end of the story, um, but one of the lessons that Steinbeck left his readers with Lenny is that strength without restraint is a tragedy. Um, Opposite of that, I had a buddy in, in high school who uh, was super strong. I mean, this dude could bench like no other. And, uh, I mean, I was one of his spotters, one of. Just keep that in mind. Uh, dude was just, he was just a beast. And he played football. Um, he also played baseball. He was a catcher in baseball. But he played football, and um, uh, he would tackle someone, and they would go down. <laughs> uh, but, but when he tackled somebody, he was always the first to reach out his hand to pick him up. And um, my, my friend's strength, I mean, he would restrain his strength, uh, but, but it was always matched by his kindness. It was always matched by his compassion. Um, our, our section today is Matthew 5, 5. So go ahead and open up in your Bibles to Matthew 5, 5. I've been continuing through Matthew. Uh, I'm, we got to the Sermon on the Mount and these Beatitudes, these, which comes from the uh, Latin word for beauty, actually. So when we read uh, the Beatitudes, they're, they're supposed to be the beautitudes. When we read blessed, we're supposed to understand that it's happy. Happy are these, but they're all very backwards to our sensibilities. They're all the opposite of what we would expect. So Matthew 5, 5 says this, Blessed or happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Now meekness, just to define the word meekness, uh, um, the same word, the Greek word is often translated, more often translated as gentle or even humble, uh, depending on its use. Um, we'll look at some of its other uses in a couple minutes here, but, but, but someone who is meek is not weak. 
you'll, uh, you'll hear it said, actually, if you pick up the Strong's Concordance, the definition that he leaves or the note that he leaves is that meekness is not weakness. And I'm sure you guys have heard that maybe from other preachers. Maybe it's never actually stuck in your head. Um, I, don't, I don't blame you. Meek is not a word we use in our common tongue. Um, I... I Oh, we do you? All right. <laughs> but, but meekness is not a commonly used word in common tongue. <laughs> um, so someone who is meek is not someone who's weak. It's, it's, it's actually somebody who has strength but uses it appropriately. So Lenny, for instance, was not weak, but he also wasn't meek. Because again, have you guys ever seen the show Tiny Toons? All right, so that's more like my generation. Elmira is the Lenny of Tiny Toons. She, she would be the one that would pick up the animals and she's like, I wanna love you and hug you and squeeze you. And meanwhile, the poor animal's eyes are popping out. So, uh, so, so meekness does not mean weakness, but those who are weak are not always meek. Wow, that sounds like the beginning of a really bad song. Uh, <laughs> so, so somebody who's meek is somebody who's strong, but they know how to restrain or control their, their strength. My friend was someone who did control his strength, um, and thankfully so, because he, he was also a hugger. Um, so, uh, so he was a prime example of meekness because he never wanted to hurt anybody, and he was always watching his own strength because he didn't want to cause anyone harm even while he was on the football field. I mean, he'd go for somebody's weak spots, but he'd catch them on the way down. It was always fun to watch. So meekness, um, hopefully you can imagine someone who's meek. Maybe it, maybe it was your dad. Maybe uh, you had a big, hulking, lumbering dad who was just the most incredible character. Or maybe it was someone else's dad. Maybe you didn't have a dad that was meek. Maybe he used his strength inappropriately. So maybe it was someone else's dad, or maybe, maybe it was, maybe, maybe it was um, a woman that you can think of who was always very godly and gentle and compassionate. So, so meekness, as Jesus gives us here, was actually a quality or a principle of, of the kingdom ethic that he was portraying. So when we read, blessed are the meek, he's saying the, the meek are the ones that are really, truly happy. But our culture wants to read Matthew 5, 5 as blessed are the strong, or blessed are the powerful, for they conquer the earth. I think that's easier to imagine for us than somebody who's meek. It's easier for us to imagine somebody who... Um, uses strength inappropriately. Maybe you just had that boss that had that authority, that strength over you that just, they just loomed over you and they made life miserable for you. Or for someone else. Maybe you watched somebody inappropriately use strength. But what Jesus is saying in all of these Beatitudes is not just what you need to be, but it's also him saying what he is. So Christians, we need to be marked by meekness. 
And by, by doing that, we reflect Jesus's heart because these are, all, these are all his attributes. These are attributes of God that he's listing off. So by our restraining our strength or authority appropriately, being gentle towards sinners, we reflect God. So how does God show meekness? Well, Actually, honestly, the, the best one, at least epitomized in the Gospels, is, is again, Jesus towards sinners. How often did, did he take in sinners? And what's cool about this one word, the word that we translate as meek or gentle or humble, not in all circumstances is it humble. So meekness and gentleness are synonymous in terms of that one word. So think gentleness, right? Uh, there, uh, Charles Spurgeon made the statement that there's only one verse in the whole Bible where God discloses his heart. And it's a few pages away from where we are right now. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 11, we'll see Jesus declare what his heart is. Matthew chapter 11, verse, starting in verse 29, um, Come to me, all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm sorry, that's 28. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that good news? How, I mean, this is one of those verses that we need to take great comfort in. Jesus not only says, come to me, which is a great, wonderful thing, but he says, come to me, you who, who labor and are heavy laden. Are you heavy laden? Do you have things that are crushing you? Burdens that you're carrying? Pains that you are suffering with? Jesus says, come to me. But not only the command, come to me, but he, he, again, he declares who he is. He says, I am gentle. How many of you guys have ever gone to somebody seeking advice and they kind of give you like a verbal slap in the face? <laughs> How many of you have gone to somebody with a problem and, uh, and you get the advice um, of, of suck it up, buttercup? <laughs> Maybe not those words. I've said that to my kids recently, so forgive me. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but the, that's, that's not a gentle response. Jesus takes sinners and says, I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart. So sinners are welcome before Jesus. God shows meekness toward sinners. So that means that me, a sinner, somebody who is unholy and stained by this world and stained with my own, with my own heart, with, with the things that, that, that in the back of, the mind, back of my mind I, I may, maybe I want to do, but I resist the temptation, but, but these temptations, maybe they stop me from wanting to approach God, wanting to go before him. I can go before Jesus a holy and perfect and, 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 and a God who is unstained by his own sin. And, we, and I can find his wrath restrained, his strength held back. I don't have to worry about getting punched in the face by God when I go to him. Even though I'm a sinner, 
And even though I really do deserve wrath, justice, true justice denotes wrath. There has to be wrath. An unjust judge is one who doesn't come out with a ruling against somebody who's very clearly done something wrong. You and I, we've all done something very clearly wrong against God. We deserve wrath. But God doesn't just pour it out. In fact, Jesus advocates before his Father for us. That's 1 John 2.1. If we sin, we have an advocate. We have Jesus. So much so that Jesus took the wrath we deserve. That's why we can trust in him for our salvation. So God shows meekness towards sinners, like me, like you. He very kindly treats us. He also shows meekness in natural disasters, which is kind of hard to fathom, especially when you think of like the hurricane that ripped through New York a couple years ago and, and really just destroyed people's homes, destroyed businesses. Uh, flooding came, it, it washed away whole sections of streets. But Psalm 135.7 says, He, God it is, who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. God makes disasters, but he also restrains them. Have you, have you guys ever watched a tornado? Like, you ever watch those tornado shows where they're chasing the tornadoes? Or have you ever seen the movie Twister? I mean, that's going back a little bit here, but, <laughs> but, but like the reality shows, those storm chasing shows where they're, you know, they make like the tank, like this, this will survive a tornado, but it gets like 0.5 miles to the gallon. Uh, <laughs> like, like the, I, I'm a sucker for reality shows, but watching the tornadoes that they're filming from the inside or the outside, like having them try to watch where the tornado goes, it goes down, it tears through the ground all in its path, and then it goes back up. And it comes back down, it tears through the ground, but then it just dissipates. It's gone. God made that wind. God tore through that ground with the wind, but it's restrained strength. Imagine if the whole world was sucked into a tornado. What would be left? Nothing. Or even the hurricane. Hurricanes, by God's grace, have an ending point. That disaster only goes so far, and God shows this great meekness, this great gentleness in even something as horrible as a hurricane by stopping it. Imagine a hurricane that whipped all the way across the United States. It wouldn't be a hurricane by some point. By some, by some measure, it would turn into some other natural disaster or a tsunami uh, that, that, only stopped, that, that went through the whole, I mean, that would be like an entire wave that washed over, but God, what if he decided to use one wave to wash over the whole earth? He did it before. He flooded the whole earth, and yet God only did that once. So God shows incredible restraint of his strength, of his power, even in natural disasters or in sickness, right? Um, and I don't just mean COVID-19. Some ailments affect some, but others don't. I mean, that's actually the point of antibody research, right? You find out why some people are immune, but other people aren't, and then you try and replicate the antibodies to turn into a vaccine to give someone else so that maybe their body can fight off a particular issue like polio or chickenpox or measles. Some people get it and other people don't. 
And then some people the vaccine is totally ineffective for, like the flu vaccine for me every year. Um, so, but, but we also have individual ailments, right? Whether it be cancer, whether it be struggles in this world, whether it be, whether it be sufferings from, from, from things that other people do to us. Because we know that God is gentle, we can confess, Romans 8.28, that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good? All things? That's impossible to believe unless you know God's gentleness, God's compassion toward you, God's meekness. We, 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 we can say that verse to somebody who does not know that God is good or kind or compassionate, and it is utter nonsense to them. Listen, if you think God is some sort of a vindictive, hateful, spiteful, old guy in the clouds with a beard and a gavel, that's not God. God does judge the wicked. He will judge the wicked. He continues to judge the wicked. But... He still gives us time on this earth in order to repent, in order to to recognize that that he is good. He sends people to proclaim the gospel. So God does show meekness. And it's weird to think about God, especially if you have any sort of a background in theology. It's weird to think of an omnipotent, an all-powerful being who's meek. But again, when we read the Gospels, that's exactly what we encounter. We encounter an all-powerful, omnipotent being emptying himself of his prestige, coming down and and in the form of a servant, Philippians 2.7. We actually just read that in in Sunday school today. We see him coming down and sitting with sinners. Listen, God can be in the presence of sin. I mean, he took it upon himself. He can be in the presence of sin, but one day he will judge all of it. And there's only one, there's there's one of two options. Either he's going to judge all of it on us, or he's going to judge all of it on Jesus. That's why Jesus died, to take our sin from us so that we can be saved. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So God shows incredible meekness Incredible meekness, especially considering who he is. But how do, how do we show meekness? Like I said, meekness is not weakness. I hate, I hate rhyming. There's, there's two things I hate, and I do it all the time. Rhyme and alliteration, where you have like that, the, the, uh, the, same, the same thing repeated over and over again. Like if I had three steps and they all started with A. <laughs> that drives me nuts, but I do it all the time because I'm Baptist. Anyway, uh, the, how do we show meekness? Have you, can, you, can you think of yourself as meek? Probably not all the time, especially not perfectly. But the primary way that we show meekness is honestly by relying on the Holy Spirit. Remember how I said that that word has a couple of different uses that we translate meekness or gentleness? Um, it's actually used only a handful of times in the New Testament, but gentleness is actually part of the fruit of the Spirit. Suddenly everybody's 
repeating it in their mind as they go through that list. Um, but I, and I, and I don't want to camp on this. Actually, I have a note on here that says, Scott, don't camp on this. But, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is singular. The objects of the fruit are multiple, meaning that the fruit has a number of, of, of facets to it, kind of like a diamond. A diamond is a singular object, but it has all the different sides that you can view it by and turn it. So the fruit of the Spirit is singular with multiple actions. But if you open Galatians 5, you don't need to, but if you open Galatians 5, 22 to 23, you find that the spirit of the, the um, it's contrasted with the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Gentleness and self-control are similar. They're obviously different. Paul used two different words. But meekness, gentleness, restraining our strength, that's something that the Holy Spirit works in us progressively as, as we're Christians, as we rely on Christ, as we look to Jesus. Have you, um, have you ever tried, all right, this is me. This is just me. I don't like crushing bugs. Never have. I'm not somebody that likes to feel a little pop of the exoskeleton in my fingers. Um, so much so that when I, uh, when, I, um, <laughs> when, when I have a spider in the house, I don't like to squish it. In fact, I don't even like to flush it. If I'm close to a door, I will pick up the spider, I will take it outside, and I will try and let it free as it 100% of the time tries to crawl up my arm, and that always freaks me out, and I always screech like a little, little child and shake my hand. Anyway, but, but I don't like squishing bugs. But there, but there are times that I reach out, and much like Lenny, I try and grasp the bug, I try and hold it in like a, like a piece of tissue, and I accidentally pop it. Um, but but I try and exercise restraint. I try and exercise um, self-control, meekness. I try and make sure that my strength isn't too much. I'm not saying God's going to progressively make you not able to squish bugs as you pick up bugs and tissue paper. But that gentleness, that meekness, that is something that grows in us. Um, I also have to confess, last night I freaked out on my boys. I was so mad at them. Every, legitimately every 20 seconds, I was trying to get them to stay in one place while I tried to bathe my daughter. Uh, well, she, I should rephrase that. While she tried to bathe herself and I had to correct her bathing. Anyway, the, <laughs> she's young. She's young still. Um, so I was trying to keep my boys at bay and they weren't listening and I, I just, I, I, I snapped and I was yelling at him to just stay, sit still for a few minutes, please. And God convicted me in the midst of it that I was not being meek. I was not taking my strength as the dad in a way that honored him, that glorified him, and it broke me. And I, 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 I'm tearing up now, but while I was putting up my boys to bed, I just, I just wept. I, and 
One of my boys thought it was the other one crying. So <laughs> he reaches over and says, it's okay. <laughs> and he's reaching over me <laughs> to do it. It's very sweet. But, but we, we sin. We don't, we don't use our strength properly as parents, as friends, as Americans. We don't use our strength properly. We don't. But we need to be displaying meekness. And it happens by looking to God and looking to Jesus and relying on him and praying to him and seeking him and, and falling into his arms time and time again as a sinner saved by grace. We do it by restoring sinners, actually. Another use of the word gentleness in Scripture, Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Is that how we restore sinners? Is that our innate desire? It's not how I treated my boys last night. I didn't restore them in a spirit of gentleness. I restored them in a spirit of megaphone, just screaming at them. That's not right. That's not okay. That is my sin. I'm not saying that's legitimate. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying I failed. I, I faulted. And I ask for your prayer in my regard. Having young kids, Garnet and I were talking about this this morning, having young kids is a constant test of my sanctification and, and a constant revealing of my lack of lack thereof. And I hope when I reach uh, older age, I can look back at this time and have compassion on people who have young kids, I hope, pray for me on that. Um, but, but when we restore sinners in, in, a, in, a, in a spirit of gentleness, when we're like Jesus, we can say, come to me, come to me. You drug-addicted, crazy guy on the side of the street, come to me because I am, I'm gentle. You, who, who is the neighbor, who is always threatening me and yelling at me for no reason, come to me. I'm gentle. When we, when, 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 when we are meek, people come to us, the hurt, the burdened, in a way that's similar to Jesus. But you and I, we get this wonderful way, or this wonderful opportunity to say, no, 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 come to me because I love you, but look to Jesus. Look to Jesus because he's, I fail, he doesn't. He never uses his strength inappropriately. He never explodes in anger. You think, what, have you ever thought of what it would be like to watch, I mean, I don't know if you watch superhero movies, but like you watch the Hulk in the latest Avengers films, uh, Avengers 2 actually, who has an uncontrollable rage and starts destroying everything in sight, and that is paltry in comparison to what would happen if God lost his cool. But God never loses his cool. He's meek. He's gentle. Even in his wrath, he's gentle. So, how do we show meekness? One, by relying on the Holy Spirit. Is really relying on the Holy Spirit for me some days, but really, but, but relying on the Holy Spirit. That's how we show meekness. We have Him sanctify us. We have we we respond to 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 the 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 scripture verses that come to mind. 
We respond to the, the recognition that we are in sin, that we are acting in sin. We show meekness by restoring sinners. Friends, can you say that you've evangelized somebody? You've brought the gospel to somebody who has really offended you? I would say that's the number one way to show meekness, is to go to somebody who has hurt you incredibly and give them the gospel. I can promise you I'm not good enough at that. Another, uh, another command of Scripture, 1 Peter 3, 3-4, is actually geared towards women. Um, and the, the, the command here, well, I'll just read it. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So this is obviously about women, but women are not the only ones called to be gentle. Men in the room, women are not the only ones called to be gentle. Jesus is gentle. We men should be gentle. It's not easy for us. It's not easy for women, I'm sure, but it's not easy for us men either. We sin in different ways. Men and women... We sin, but it's often in very different avenues. Being gentle is an admirable quality. But again, the world doesn't see it that way. Again, blessed, happy are, are the powerful, for they conquer the earth. But that's not what Jesus says. It's not what Jesus says at all. He says, happy are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Listen, the powerful have a limit. No matter who you are, whether you're the richest CEO in the world, whether you're the president of the United States, whether you're the prime minister of the United Kingdom, whether you're the queen of England, which is just a, a figurehead, but, but that's a political conversation for another time. But, but regardless, no matter how powerful a person is on this earth, their power has limits. But God owns everything. What a beautiful thing it is to be told that you who take your power, your authority, your strength, and you limit it, you restrain it, so that you use it properly and not in overabundance, but you're given, you're given the earth. And I don't mean that as a physical promise. The Mormons take this in a funky way. So Matthew 5, 5 says that you get your own planet. But, but that's not what this says. What this is saying is that, that you inherit the grandest thing you can imagine. You meek. You who probably who have been walked on your entire life, denied promotion after promotion, you are an inheritor of Christ. So the gentleness is not just a womanly quality in 1 Peter 3, 3 to 4. Did I just say that wrong? No, I said it right. But oh, how, oh, oh that we would all desire gentleness, both men and women. Oh, that we would seek this quality of Jesus, not just in and of ourselves, but by turning to him who is gentle. 
and lowly. May we be meek enough to welcome sinners. I mean, the dude that walked in a moment ago, I didn't want to make him a spectacle, but I, I, I wish he would have stayed and I would have gotten to have a conversation. Maybe he's outside. But, but to be so meek, to welcome people who come in, who are encroaching on, 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 on whatever it is. When my wife and I are here, when we're allowed to have people over and not potentially infect people, but... But we want to have people over. We want to have people intrude on our lives. We want to have people in. May we be meek to let them into our territory of our home and see our mess, our crazy, our, 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 our failures. I wear sweatpants a lot, so get used to that. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but that we would be burdened to restrain our strength. We would be burdened to let people in. May we not be like Lenny, who holds so close that we pop people, pop animals, or Elmira for us uh, millennials. Uh, <laughs> but but may, we, may, may we be meek and gentle. May we be loving. Blessed are the meek. Happy are the meek. For we have an inheritance that's greater than anything we could take in this world. Let's pray. Jesus, gentle and lowly, we come to you sinners. We come to you hopefully spurned by your spirit to recognize that we are in your divine, or we, we, are in, we are in need of your divine aid to be meek, to restrain our strength, to not be explosive in our anger or in our jealousy or in, or in our angst or in our idolatry or, or, or whether somebody's trying to encroach on our time and our space. And I'm not just talking about the pews in the church, but I mean our own personal lives. May we be meek like you. May we recognize that you are who we can turn to in this time of need. Humble us, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, Christians should be marked with meekness. It's a principle of, of all of Jesus' kingdom, is meekness. By being meek, we reflect Jesus. By restraining our strength, by being gentle towards sinners, we display the gospel. May we embrace the great truth that he who is meek has called us to, weak, to meekness as well. Go in peace, saints.